2: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
4: Welcome to Vegas and happy Independence Day weekend. Now I realize this isn't your typical 4th of July, but you can still celebrate with close family and friends. And we're here to bring a little Vegas to you to make it special fourth is a day to celebrate American heroes and you will meet one today his name is Tiger Todd and he's made a huge difference in helping the homeless escape poverty and our ensemble of experts are here as well it's the fourth and that means pools and if you buy here in Vegas you're going to want one Katie Medrano of Flipping Vegas says you can have one or at least access to one in addition to Gaty, we will discuss barbecue with our chef, Justin Wells, and Jesse Ray's Mike Ross, and we'll discuss sake with Melissa Wim. Finally, the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, discusses the best odds for the novice gambler. And on the Sports Rock on Tours, sports writer and author Rob Mish talks about Las Vegas' own baseball superstar, Bryce Harper. First, let's visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Let's talk about what you can do in Vegas if you're not yet 21. My son was 19 when I took him down here, and that was a kind of that awkward age where there was some stuff for families. 18 to 21 was kind of tough. What would you recommend for you know parents that have kids at that age that can't gamble, and they're pretty, they're pretty tough about that around here, as they should be,
3: but what do they do? yeah it's it's tricky because they're right in that middle group of i don't i don't know what they think is cool honestly i'm not in the in the in that realm uh i often write about uh things that are that are related to millennials but they millennials tend to be of legal age they can still drink and gamble for that kind of middle group i i think if they like kind of going to the pool. I mean, you can always do a pool. Vegas pools are very different and very kind of over the top. Uh, I hear a lot of, uh, I really do hear a lot of interest in arcades and uh, there's a new one downtown in Neonopolis that has these vintage pinball machines. And I've seen teens in there pretty much straight through since they've opened. So who knows what's gonna catch on. All the casinos are talking about how they're gonna appeal to millennial gamblers. The, the generation you're talking about I don't know what are they into you, I, don't, I don't know they're, they uh, They. the one thing that a lot of the casinos uh, have been doing is they've they're creating common areas kind of social games that I think are they're sometimes attached to the casino but quite often are not and it's things like Cornhole and it's Jenga if you go down to the park you will uh, come across places where there's just games outside they're kind of all ages? No, there's there's nothing uh, adult specific about those games. So, you, there are pockets of that. I I tend to think it's it's a problem when people have strollers on the strip, when people have strollers downtown. That that's an impediment to me getting to wherever I'm going. But but overall, I there's something for everybody. There's something for every price range in Vegas. There's something for every taste and whim and whimsy. And you can go from the run the gamut from kinky weird to wholesome and fun and there's something for everybody and that's all ages you're going to find something and the internet is a huge resource Uh, you've actually given me the idea that I should write about this subject because there are websites devoted to uh, what do you do with your kids in Vegas and there are articles out there that are are very good about kind of seeking out those things where a 17 year old kid is going to be is going to be welcome. The casinos, you, they are, they make it very clear. Some actually have signs where you say this is a kid-friendly zone and this is not. Here's the, here's the breakout of our resort. Keep your kids out here. You're fine. And here's 10 things for them to do. You can ask, you know, you can always ask concierge. Uh, you have to be careful because a lot of the concierges are not actual concierges. They are ticket sellers under the guise of concierges but if you find a real concierge they will rattle off here's what your your kid age six can do here's where you can take them here's your kid age 16 here's where you can take them they they have the town pretty wired if you can't find it on the internet ask a concierge thanks scott
4: make sure to follow scott every day on vitalvegas.com Well, the 4th of July is a time to celebrate Americans who are doing incredible things. Let's meet one now. Las Vegas is just like any other big city in the sense that, unfortunately, when you have a lot of people, you're going to have a certain amount of homeless folks. It's just a part of life. Who's doing things about it? Well, there's a great story here in Las Vegas. His name is Tiger Todd, and Tiger came out of the electronics business to work with community heroes, and he helped transform over 30,000 homeless men and women into responsible, motivated, contributing members of society. And Tiger, i got to ask you, how do you get from – working in electronics to doing this great work? I mean, was it something that had been calling you for a while, or did it just hit you at once?
6: Yeah, You know what, I think there are a lot of things like the uh, Slumdog Millionaire story, where you <laughs> you end up with 16 life experiences that add up to a day and a moment on, in the right place. Yeah, Mine was more the, uh, the Sherlock Holmes character in me, and uh, I think I all suffered from chronic heroism, but it had nothing to do with homelessness. It really had to do with the level at which you go, you know, above and beyond to, say, help a customer. Right. So I I followed a UPS truck that was um, was supposed to be delivering a part for one of my clients. Uh, I ended up found it behind a Walmart. There was a uh, uh, Hope for the Homeless-type charity on the back. I gave them a bunch of money. They came to my store a couple weeks later, gave them a ton more money. So I ended up at the park uh, where this group had... um, Somehow gathered uh, more than 1,800 homeless uh, to get food, and that was truly my first experience.
4: You know, as I read through some of your stuff, Tiger, i got to say it really goes beyond homelessness and just a kind of a philosophy of life, the ability to produce change. And the thing is you're able to do it, you found over um, some of your experiences, pretty quickly, right? It's not something that's going to take years and years and years to make that change
6: yeah and i think you've you've hit the the primary point that other people you know may have missed in um in studying human human behavior i uh, i had not uh, i was a math physics major i sang and i you know i had a big band that sang some opera um, i was not uh, versed in education psychology or sociology at the time so um so as i later learned i wasn't Maybe harnessed by those restrictions. I, right. my, my qualifications were I had an entrepreneur dad, which means we wouldn't even have milk in the fridge if we didn't go sell something or provide a <laughs> service for someone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I watched a ton of movies through my chain of electronic stores. You know, you, you watch that same clip, you know, a hundred times. So I had movie, movie formulas uh, programmed in me. And, uh, and I didn't have any kid friends. I was uh, run over by a drunk driver at age four. A body cast for six months, and I spent all my time, you know, hanging out with my dad at his work up until my parents divorced at age eight. So, so I came out there as this uh, maybe odd person who saw everything like a movie. So I figured if you can't solve a problem and even accomplish the impossible in two hours, like every <laughs> single movie,
4: yeah.
6: um, then I must not be doing it right. So, so yeah, so that's that's where I approached it like a movie
4: more with tiger todd in just a moment time now for a luxury living vegas style with gady medrano from flipping vegas this is a market where many many more people want to pool right i mean it's different now you know everybody in california used to like pools now it's like oh pool's expensive but here i still get the idea that a lot of homes have pools
7: they either have pools or they have community pools so that's also a big thing for example a, a community if you need a private pool that certain price ranges have that and those sell they're selling like hotcakes they're, you put if you have a listing that has a pool that's say under 300,000 under 350 that's that's flying off the shelf but uh, and then also over a certain price point, a pool is expected. So uh, but but for, you know, uh, uh, for the medium, for just a regular kind of medium prices um, in Las Vegas, there are a lot of options with community pools. So that's one way. And people still love pools. So you try to uh, most of the new communities do try to facilitate that.
4: Thanks, Gatie. You can find Gatie at com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Manji.
8: Hi, I'm Gordy Brown, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
7: Hi, this is Dr. Annette of the Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20.
2: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
5: To re-emerge stronger and safer than ever, ask yourself these crucial questions. Should all restaurants, retailers, and venues have new safety and sanitation procedures in place? As a business owner, how can you assure your valued guests that proper protocols are being followed? How can you give your guests confidence knowing that you've prioritized their health and safety? Introducing Virus Safe Pro a revolutionary mobile technology software that provides checklists, reminders, and confirmations to help your team perform health and safety measures right on schedule. It allows you to close the information gap in the workplace by giving your employees a dedicated source of credible instructions in a timely manner, right from their mobile devices. Validate compliance with health and wellness standards, provide regular safety and health messaging, and confirm that approved protocols have been performed all in real time and an easy-to-read dashboard. Tracking and verifying health and safety procedures in your business has never been more important. To learn more about how VirusSafe Pro can help you reopen, visit VirusSafePro.com.
2: Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
4: Chef Justin Wells is back. We've been talking about assembling a gourmet kitchen for your home. When it comes to your outdoor setup, the chef also has some advice. What if you're into barbecue? I'm sure you know there's all different things we see the green egg, smokers and so forth. Uh, any recommendations there?
8: Well, I think a lot of it is getting people to use the thing, and, and, you know, you kind of hear people kind of laugh if you're not using charcoal or hardwood, and I have a big green egg, I think they're fantastic, I love them, but they're also, you know, if I come home from a 12-hour shift, do I want to go out and, like, make a fire and wait 45 minutes to cook, or do I want to hit a button and start cooking? So, I also have a really nice Weber, it's a Summit series, which is their high-end, and I think it's spectacular, and I like to come home occasionally and hit a button and i'm cooking a steak in ten minutes so i think that's also great you know people love the Traegers, the push button and i think those for smoking are great i don't have a pellet one and again there's kind of a stigma people like to make fun of those the the purists that only smoke with hardwood is and i think that's so fantastic but again if you can come home, hit a button, and in 10 minutes you're smoking a pork loin, like it's, it's pretty, it, the cost of entry for that of time invested is pretty spectacular, I think. So it's the stuff that you'll use. It's like exercise equipment. You know, What are you gonna actually use? That's what you need to buy.
4: Well, that's what happened to me with the green egg. I went out and bought one of those, and the stuff tastes great, but it's hard to keep the temperature steady. You know, it's expensive to begin with. And then they start telling you, well, you should probably get a blower to keep the temperature when you want to open it up. It was more work than I anticipated. And I know some people that have them and absolutely love them, but you do have to put a little time into it. Of
8: course. I think they're great for the weekend. It's like golfing. You know, you, you go out in the morning, you get your fire stoked up, you get your coal bed going, and you, you, know, you kind of fuss around. I think if you like to fidget with stuff and you like that aspect of it, I think it's great. If you want to just cook a burger after work, probably less so.
4: Thanks, Chef. Let's get back to our conversation with Tiger Todd, founder of Hero School in Las Vegas. Well, and it is interesting because I think – There is something to that getting out of the box. Everybody knows how to do this the same way. Like, you know, you start out with, like you say, give him money. Then let's put a bureaucracy together. I think from some of this background, you know, you love love songs and you have all these different kind of, for lack of a better phrase, kind of quirkiness from growing up like that. It probably allows you to kind of see a wider range in people that maybe that because you have a certain openness that a lot of people just, you know, that, that do things the traditional way, so to speak, don't.
6: Yeah, it's a good point. I really wish I had, had met you earlier and had you as my <laughs> universal translator to try to help understand. You know, many people out there, I believe there are, there are a number of extraordinary people out there able to, you know, solve problems. They might not be great at even managing something, but um, really gifted problem solvers. And while they are the best in the world to quote Seth Godin at what they do, they don't always know how to explain what they do. Right, which is a which is, and most of the business books, most of what we learn today comes from books of, from observers, right? Not first person accounts, not people who actually did something, but those people who right. observed and used the language they could to determine what that was. And I'll tell you that uh, the differences and quirkiness, right? Every every movie starts with you have to have a relatable character. Now they don't have to be likable, but they have to be relatable. So so again, that slumdog millionaire portion of my life, I think, I, yeah, I was able to. Um, to work in different worlds, to understand different people, and, uh, but I think it was a second facet, and that was being able to see through all of the surface elements, the leaves, if you will, will will use a tree analogy. I was able to see through all that to see what each person had in common. What was a human at their core? And only later through my study did I realize that those things were missing in higher education.
4: Absolutely. And I look at this list of things you've done. I only hit a few of them. But, you know, your bio, you know, you went from a dishwasher and a waiter to working on a golf course, uh, <laughs> then a cook and then a scientist, security guard, opera singer. I love that one. Entrepreneur. Is that kind of another thing, too, where you work in there's many different fields? There's such different facets to each one of those fields, and you meet such different people, does that also kind of give you that openness where maybe you can see somebody, as you're trying to help them change, you can kind of see a world of opportunity that, again, maybe others can't show them?
6: Yeah, I think it, you you take someone who's only worked in one career, maybe, or maybe just trained through, say, social work, and uh, and again, the work that social workers, educators do is extraordinary. But when it comes to a breakthrough moment or being that relatable character to get them half the hurdle to where now they'll listen to and learn from the educator or the social worker. Um, I think, yes, you have to not just have the diverse, diversity of talents and experiences, you have to have the diversity of knowing there are other jobs out there. I mean, the very homeless person you're dealing with may only think they can work in a warehouse because that's all they'd ever done. Right. So right. to be able to share that there might be other aspects, other places for their talent, or using the movie Happy Gilmore, right, that uh, his, his slap shot in golf, uh, when, when coupled with you know two new trainings, right? You know, right. You take care of your anger and a, and a short game would be. Excuse me, from hockey would make right. you fantastic in
4: golf. Yeah, and it's kind of a great way to look at it. Is there a challenge and even, but you know, because I think you're right. I think people can't see themselves. You're a motivational speaker, anyway, you get people just hear you talking to me. I mean, it's obvious. Is this something you've got to convince somebody first that there are these other opportunities so they can look beyond this very small window that they tend to look at life at?
6: Well, uh, that's uh, probably a, a, with everything with me. It's a multi-pronged answer. I wish I was. I wish I was that. Too. I was that straightforward or simple, um, or or smart. Um, I uh, when I'm dealing with like a gym full uh, of, of school kids, you know, high school, middle school, university, um, there you have to leverage the knowledge that they are socially dependent. In other words, they have pack leaders, right? They, the bully, for example, everyone knows who that is, and uh, whoever that influencer is. Um, if you get that person to get it, then the entire crowd gets it. And it's actually a belief-changing moment. Um, so you can, you can very quickly, if you can alter beliefs in a large group, uh, you can then um, alter their behavior downstream.
4: More with Tiger Todd in a moment. We started the segment talking about great barbecue. So let's continue with that with barbecue master Mike Ross of Jesse Ray's. The question, do you want to smoke? If you want to smoke, though, you gotta learn to be patient, right? I mean, you know, it's just not one of those things. You don't go out there and ten minutes later we eat.
9: Yeah, no, not ten minutes—that's for sure. But you know, there's a there's a new, uh, not maybe not new nowadays, but you know, a newer newer um, mindset in barbecue that people are starting to cook hot and fast. Really? It's all all the rage now, and you know, people are coming and power cooking ribs in like two hours and briskets in five or six you know it's still a long time but it's not the traditional 225 13 hour cook anymore you know that a lot of especially in the competition circuit that teams are doing anymore you know while I'm out there cooking my 12-hour brisket low and slow, some of these teams come in at, like show up at seven o'clock in the morning, all fresh. You know, <laughs> you just been power cook their food for a couple hours and do really well nowadays. Yeah, but for the most part, I like me personally. I enjoy the experience. I love putting the meat on in the in the, in the beginning of the day with the you know with you know whoever I'm with cooking with. You know, rubbing it, you know, looking at the meat, admiring it, you know, and put, getting it all together, putting it on the smoker. You know, the smell of the wood all day long. You know, eight ten hours checking on it every so, spraying it. You know, I like the whole process and the smell and the company, and you know, that's why that's why I really enjoy about barbecue, more than even more than the food. Sometimes I just I really like the process.
4: Thanks, Mike. You must remember Mike's great offer. All you have to do is come to Jesse Ray's and order some of the best barbecue you'll ever eat, mention Vegas Never Sleeps and you're going to get 15% off. What a deal. If you miss an episode of our show or just want to catch up on our past programs, don't worry. All our shows are archived on our website vegasneversleeps.com. You can also hear them on SoundCloud, iTunes and more. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Magen.
2: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Meet Melissa Wynn, the
4: newest member of our group of Vegas experts. Melissa is a former sommelier at and Andres at Encore and is a world-renowned expert in Saki. Speaking of which, Melissa, what are your thoughts in regards to folks that are looking to try saki for the first time?
10: my biggest thing is i always try to get people to get the stigma out of their head as far as like you know go to their all all you can eat sushi places they have sake they have hot sake and it ends up being terrible and they end up having a terrible hangover the next day and that's what sticks with them so i try to remove that stigma first of all and, and secondly i try to explain it as almost almost like it's a fine white burgundy there are many sakes that are that should be Um, Consume cold. Uh, There are a few that are better warmed, but that's basically how I I treat it and how I explain it to our guests.
4: Well, that's interesting. So, do you recommend first of all that when people try it, they do it with food, or should they just kind of experience it alone first before they start matching it up with food?
1: Uh,
10: Both, but I have definitely done plenty of pairings. You know, there's something called omakase when you eat at certain Japanese restaurants where they can do seven, 10 courses and I've done pairings with each, That's that's, a really like, it's a really special experience because it really, once again, people have this thought in their head of what sake is and then to see the, the varying differences of them and how compatible it is with food is, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to be able to show that to people.
4: Thanks, Melissa. Back now with the founder of Hero School, Tiger Todd. So is this the type of thing of find those characteristics of heroes, what works, and become an everyday hero? Or how does that go? That's
6: a, that's a great question. I think that's how it's been defined in the last 20 years. When we founded the movement, Marvel was in bankruptcy. And when I reverse engineered the math from movies that happened pre all the hero movies we have um, – you know, now, of course, that's used in every movie, my, my little math formula. Um, you know, it's, it's funny we see Einstein come up with a universal formula for energy, right. and then you come up with one for human change, and then you say, well, no, that's too personal. We don't necessarily want to believe it, but, but business does, and the movies do. And so when we say hero, yes, we define a hero as someone who risks their life to help somebody else, right? Right. And, uh, and which, which, which accurately defines a villain as someone who risks your life to help themselves right right, right. so the, so the difference is using maslow's hierarchy of needs and motivation one who who is self actualized and lives at the top of humanity wants to help somebody else first right somebody who's at the bottom which is animal yeah. nature they want to help themselves first right self preservation so that's maybe the first the first step but i what i noticed in the movies and especially the ones the 40s the 50s the 60s even going up through the in the early 90s and mid 90s is that the, the movies that really connected with the human was, about, was a story about one person who underwent a change, a character change.
4: Right. They
6: would say it in filmmaking. They call it the character must change. And so Peter Parker, of course, has to change into Spider-Man. Happy Gilmore, loser hockey players, got to change into a golfer. And so we called it Hero School because it was the only school of its kind that produced change. Every other school seemed to only be producing growth. Right, right. So, See, is- so, so I couldn't find it in psychology. So, yeah. So the, the the accurate name for Hero School was. To undergo the hero process, like literature thirty five hundred years ago, or the movies, and uh, and actually have someone change from a homeless person back into a citizen, not just be a homeless person with help in a shelter.
4: So, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a superhero movie, because I'm thinking that would work even in the, if you think of the old story Marty, where you know the guy finally gets comfortable with it. You know what? I am yeah, worth yeah. it. You know, and that's a ch- yeah. that's a change. I, I, this yeah, is fascinating. Absolutely. This is fascinating stuff. And consequently, people need to know that you know. In addition. Of taking, helping take so many people off the streets and giving them uh, good lives. I mean, you work with all sorts of different businesses and institutions, everything from banks to you know Mitsubishi Electric Group. I'm looking at these Catholic charities. I mean, you're all across the board because I think what you're talking about works in all these different environments, right? It's all about uh, making the change.
6: Yeah, it it does, and and I think when everyone struggles, and and I'll I'll just use the parallel. I mean, of course, this would work for Mitsubishi. I mean, you know, I you know. It's the quote from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course, I see myself as Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. Right? I'm not bad. I was just born that way, and uh, so I didn't get the you know. So, not being socialized with children, yes, I only learned from adults, which means yes, in first grade, I was befriending and listening to the teacher instead of the other kids. So, by second grade, I'm you know grading papers. Uh, you know, and I'm in a different I'm in a different league maybe of learning. Um, so I looked stuff up. So I became this Sherlock Holmes character. Well, as you know from Gregory House, MD, or any Sherlock character, you're really. You're hated but you're necessary. Right. Right, right, right. And so so, um, so coming in, I've always come into place as a problem solver. Yeah, you, know, you know, it was probably my, my key strength in my, in the business world. And so many of the clients that I have in terms of business, um, whether it be through my old business or this, um, the business now of helping businesses overcome this dependency, lack of initiative and work ethic in corporations, um, I think it all stems from, hey, look, I'm the problem solver. You already have the people in place that can get the, that can carry the job, but you can't do the breakthrough by yourself. And so by designing an entire, you know, holistic thing that, that gives everyone a role in a movie instead of us against them, um, you know, that becomes really the, the, the standard formula for, you know, for a Mitsubishi or, you know, or a corporation or a business.
4: That makes a lot of sense. But let's tell people how they can get involved with this because I think it's great. Now, first of all, your organization, that your, your charity, what is it? And more importantly, how can we get involved
6: well, the, um, the the name of it all, they, uh, people would, uh, call it Hero School. So the charity has initiatives at the end, so Hero School initiatives. But they can go to Hero School, H E R O S D H O O L. U S. And uh, and find a way to either benefit a business or a business, and of course, if it's a business program, um, then part of the proceeds um, go to to preventing homelessness in that area. So if it's um, you know Philadelphia or Chicago or, or our hometown here in Las Vegas, um, the charity itself um, prevents and reverses homelessness. So that could be um, how do you get us into a school to be able to do a, a an assembly? You know, so in forty five minutes to an hour, we now have kids that want to learn from teachers instead of each other or television, right? Right. So. So um so yeah so hero i think the main line uh, the main phone number is 702-795-7000.
4: We will check that out also if they want to hire you to work with a business or Give a speech or something. Is there a way to get a hold of you, or do we just do it through the that same,
6: group? Same, same phone number, same as like same bad time, same bad channel. I, <laughs> see, I just watched too much TV as a child, didn't I? <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so yeah, it's one, it's one portal, and um, so the website can port them into the charity, and they can make a donation online, or they can find a um, an interest. Um, a uh, contact note to send us, say, hey, this is the, ch- the challenge we have. Um, how would you address it? And then we can reach out to them in the business field.
4: Well, we wish you the best. Thank God for what you do. And I'll tell you, we'd love to have you on again and talk more about this, and maybe you can fill us in on some new movies and so forth. really enjoyed it.
6: <laughs> That's right. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your wealth of knowledge. So,
4: you're headed out to Vegas, and you want to do a little gambling, but you don't have a lot of experience. So, what are the best games to start with, statistically speaking? Well, let's ask the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackleford. I'm going to go down to Vegas, spend a weekend down there. You know, I'm just going to play. I'm a regular guy. What's my best odds? Because I know things like Keno and a lot of slot machines. You can win a lot of money, but the odds are really difficult. Yeah, both those games,
1: Slot Machines and Keno, are absolutely terrible, especially slots. I think that in terms of money lost per hour, slots are the worst thing you could possibly play. So for the recreational gambler who doesn't want to do a ton of work, I I recommend Blackjack and Craps, and in some cases, video poker.
4: Craps might be the most fun game out there. Is there a lot people have to know about that before they get into it, or is it easier than some people make it out to be
1: no craps on the other hand is really easy to get very good odds in without doing a lot of homework like you have to do with video poker and craps my advice is real simple stick to the line bets meaning pass don't pass come and don't come and make the maximum odds bet that you're comfortable making and that's it and absolutely stay away from all the sucker bets in the middle of the table no hard ways, no yo, no craps, no hop bets, none of that stuff, just line bets and odds, and you will have a house advantage of under a half a, per- half a percent, depending
4: upon how much odds you back it up with. Thanks, Michael. Up next, this week's edition of the Sports Rec and Tours with author and sports writer Rob Mish. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Manji.
2: Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24 7 to help. 800 296 1337. 800 296 1337. That's 800 296 1337. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to the Sports Rock on
4: Tours. Baseball is ready to start an abbreviated season, and with that in mind, we'd like to discuss Las Vegas' own superstar, Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies, with author Rob Mish. Were you surprised at what Philadelphia did for him? I mean... I- I wasn't after reading the because I'm thinking, yeah, this is the type of guy that it's worth, to kind of turning over the the books to in a way, because may, he's one of the few people that maybe are worth it's worth putting up your you know seasons for the next 15, 20 years, whatever. Very
0: odd contract. Thirteen years yeah. of, I don't want to say servitude, because when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah, it's not servitude. There's, yeah, there's nothing that word doesn't come into play a lot, but he's he's. You know, there's no trade contact. Contract. Yeah. You know, I mean, they are married for 13 years. There's no out. There are no outs on on either party. It's such a weird deal. It's
4: it's really different. You just don't see that nowadays.
0: Right. And and now on one hand, that deal is what he has been striving for for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. It's it's why he was a monster in Little League. It's why his dad. Tough steel worker on the strip. He'd get home 2 p.m. and work him out every day. I mean, this is what that family was yeah. aiming for, to hit the lottery at yep. that year when he was an unrestricted free agent. I thought the Nationals did the dumbest thing. When, when he was tradable with a year to go, there's no way they're going to pony up for him. There's just no way. You need to trade him. You need to get something for him. Right. And they never did. They were always under the the understanding that they, they thought they could resign him. And I just thought, no way. No way. That guy's he's going for big bucks. What I don't understand is, and we're getting into some nitty-gritty here that I, I hope doesn't bore people. He stopped betting on himself. Now, by that I mean... Hey, three hundred and thirty million. Good for you. You and your next generations are set. Right. You know. So I look like a fool, no matter what I say here. But he stopped betting on himself because if the Dodgers and the Giants were after him, like they were rumored to be, we were looking at probably uh, what four years, one hundred and sixty million, roughly. Yeah. Those teams were in the market for him. So I thought. He was going to do, say, the Dodgers or the Giants, be more West Coast friends and family, could see him so easily. Uh, he could dodge the mosquitoes in the, in the east and the yeah. crappy weather and be more close to home and just more of a homey environment. Um, and, and I thought by betting on himself, he could take a four-year deal with either of those teams. Let's say it was $150 million. Um, and then if at the end of that four years both parties are happy with each other, let's extend that for another four years at the same terms. Yeah. Let's just say that that's within the realm of possibility and, and and likely. That's that's possible that that could have happened. Well, you're looking at the end of eight years, he will have made almost what he's made in 13 years with his Phillies deal. You're looking at... at Four-plus years of gravy at the end of that, if we're talking about that 13-year, you know, uh, time span.
4: Now, you've dedicated your life to sports, though, Rob. From the fans' perspective, I, I, Oakland A's fan, I watch guys come and go all the time. You yeah. just get to like them, and then, boom, they're going to some other place. I'm thinking for the Phillies, if you're a Phillies fan, you know he's going to be around there. That kind of commitment he made to the team, doesn't, outside of guys like Tony Gwynn and, you know, Kirby out, Kirby Puckett out in Minnesota. And my you guy still Robin out with the Brewers. Robin, yeah, yeah, One
0: team for twenty years, yeah. You
4: know, so I mean, he did the he did the game a good service in that regard. I mean, he yes. wins no matter which way you look at. it.
0: Well, in 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 a sense, uh, unless you want to factor in that Philly equation, there's mm-hmm. there's some toughness there. Yeah. You know, when you Boo Santa, yeah, right, you're in a whole different realm, and so <laughs> that's what he was walking into. I'm not so sure he understood that. Maybe he did. He's a bright guy. He, he's one of the brightest young kids I have ever come across. I've said this before. As far as uh, young kids, I mean, let's talk about people under 18. So people that I would have dealt with in high school. He is in a class with only one other person I've come across in my life, and that's Baron Davis. Really? As far as yeah. those are two guys wise beyond their years. You would ask either of them a question. I remember talking to Barron when he was being recruited by UCLA. This is a guy who took a recruiting trip to Michigan. Now, he was never going to be a Wolverine. There's no way he was ever going to Michigan. He was going to stay close to home and play for his grandma, where his grandma could Relatives could come and see him play. But he took that recruiting trip to Michigan so that he could time it where his recruiting trip coincided with the Notre Dame-Michigan football game. He always wanted to see the Notre Dame-Michigan football game. That's wow, the only, that's, reason, yeah. only reason he did that. But smart, um, you couldn't get questions by him or them. Either one of them, you know, they they were thoughtful. And with Bryce, I remember he would often give uh, to some people some some pretty straightforward Raw answers. Yeah. With the follow-up, if you didn't like the answer, you shouldn't have asked the question. Wow. He did something else that was very, very uh, impressive that I would bet major leaguers don't do today. I remember my first interview with him was during the March Madness. The college hoops tournament was going on. Uh, CSN College of Southern Nevada, Nevada was playing a doubleheader that day. Coach Tim Chambers was resting him the first game. Mm-hmm. He was in the clubhouse all alone, and I knew he was in there all alone. By then, I had talked to all of his teammates. I didn't want to talk to him. I'd never even introduced myself to him. I wanted him to think he was the last person on my mind. Meantime, he's the whole reason I'm there. Right. <laughs> I didn't want him to think I gave a damn about him. So finally, I go into the clubhouse. I knew he was there. There he is. He goes... Hey, miss, you're finally going to talk to me, huh? And I had to laugh about that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, your teammates are pretty important, too. And he said, yeah, they are. They're the big reason I'm here. But my point was I sat down with him, and it was my first extended conversation with him. And my first question was, tell me about being a pioneer. One thing his coach, Tim Chambers, told me, which convinced me to embark on this project was this is a one-off nobody's ever done this before nobody will ever do this again skip high school after your sophomore year get your ged go to a junior college 10 miles from your front door that just happens to hit with wood you can prove you belonged on the cover of sports illustrated when you were 16 be the number one pick your career is off it all fell into place with him but him going to college of southern nevada I asked him about be a, being a pioneer. Nobody's ever done this. Nobody will ever do this again. This is a one-off. Man. What about being a pioneer? He looked at me and said, and he, he kind of laughed a bit, and he goes, Frank Robinson, Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby. He goes, what those guys did, when they did it, and the ramifications and what they were up against, those are the pioneers. I'm just a kid trying to play baseball. Now, he said something in that sentence, Larry Doby. Yeah. Larry Doby was the first black player in the American, the American League for League, the right. Cleveland Indians. I bet you could ask major leaguers today, and I bet 90% of them don't know the significance of Larry Doby, and he knew it.
4: No, your book, to me... My take of Bryce Harper was he thought of everything. I mean, this guy thinks everything. He thinks, like, what's the smartest way to drive from here to there? Which way am I going to see the best things? Absolutely. I mean, it was fascinating.
0: Absolutely. His first game, uh, a cold January night. I remember I could see my breath. Uh, uh, late in the game, they had finally figured out, boy, this guy, is, he, he, he had hit a triple, doubled, or whatever. He had yeah. just been fantastic. Late in the game, they're walking him intentionally. <laughs> Ball one outside, mm-hmm. ball two outside. He's got a guy on third. He wants an RBI. Ball three comes in wide. He reaches out and lunges and smacks it to the warning track. Wow. The, his teammate on third base didn't even expect yeah. it. The third base coach had to say, TK, Trevor Kirk, yeah. Trevor, get in there. Oh, yeah. He forgot he had to run. You know, he could yeah, right, in go and in and score. Yeah. He'd never seen that before, lunging out on a, a purposeful ball. And so he's, like you said, always thinking ahead. A step or two ahead uh, so all of this was in his um, uh, the dominoes fell perfectly for him to sign for 330 what? for the Phillies this was planned coach obtained a test from one of his classes I don't know what the class was I don't know what the test was but the professor made an issue and wanted to bring this into the coach and show him as like hey you know what am i dealing with here i think it might have been composition that was the class he didn't do well in Flipped the test over he was practicing his autograph on the back Wow. the back of the test had about 50 or 60 of his autographs he was just getting in practice
4: thanks rob make sure to look for rob's book phenom the making of bryce harper at amazon or anywhere books are sold Go to our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com, and check out the Sports and Tours page. And if you have a sports story you'd like us to share, please contact me, Steven, at VegasNeverSleeps.com. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you to join us again at Vegas Never Sleeps, where you can take a little Vegas home with you.